about running to win. Lord, we just thank you so much for today, for your presence. We ask that you would just speak to our hearts, God, minister to us through your word. And Lord, I just ask that today that not only would you use me as your servant, but Father, I just ask that today that you would minister to all of us, that we need you, Jesus, and we need your word upon our hearts. And so, Lord, today we thank you for for your goodness, we thank you for your presence, and we thank you for this day. In your name, amen. Um, today I'm going to talk about running to win, and I will. I would say that this, the scriptures about running are some of my favorite, even though I personally hate to run. Um, I, I think, now Kevin, you've, have you ran a marathon? Half marathon. Um, anybody else ran a marathon in here? Uh, I, you would, if, unless the Lord really, like, told me that there was, like, a million dollars at the end of the marathon, it would really take the Lord to get me to run. And so, but I want us to turn, if you will, in 1 Corinthians 9. 24 through 27 is where we're going to be. First Corinthians 9. And then we're going to be in verse 24. So First Corinthians 9. Verse 24, we're going to go through 27. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. This is one of my favorite verses. And, um, and I know I have told my stories about like when we were at team mania, we had to run a lot. Um, and it was a part of our morning calisthenics and I'm thankful for that discipline, but if they did not make me, I would never do it. And, um, and so a lot of times in preparation for hiking, and I've talked about this hiking Pikes Peak, they would make us run, and we would run like a couple miles in the morning. And I mean, when it's like five in the morning, the last thing I really felt like doing was running a couple miles. And so, but it really did treat, teach me about disciplining my body. And they would even shut down the pop machines, and you couldn't even drink pop or whatever. And so I remember going by and be like, oh, man, I just want pop. And they'd make us drink water. And um, we had a lot of healthy choice meals, which I actually, it, I, I was in the best shape of my life. Um, but it was funny that they created a system that helped train us, you know. And it really has spoken to me over the years as in my own walk, in my own life of what it means to run the race. And so when I was praying about this today, I was thinking about what it looks like for all of us to run the race, you know. For school, they're always like you're, you're coming to an end of something and a beginning of something else, you know. And so even the language yesterday was as like as you go forth, as you, you know, you've come to the completion of this and as you go forth into something else. And it made me think about when we all run our race, you know, when after like milestone events, kind of like graduation, there's nobody really along the way to say, you know what, you are at this milestone in the race. Do you know what I mean? Unless somebody really talks to us, it's really hard for us sometimes to gauge where am I at along the race? Because as it says in here, all the runners run. 
And, it, and even the world is running a race. So it's amazing to me that no matter who you are or what you do, everybody is running a race. And there's every single thing that, that everybody is doing is a part of that race in their life about what you're going to attain at the end of that race. And so one of the things that always spoke to me is that in Galatians, I believe it's Galatians 5, Paul says this interesting thing, and it has always been something that has struck me. He said, you're running such a good race. Who cut in on you? And I've thought about in the race about the things that have cut in on my life. Because especially as believers, it's so easy to start the race. It really is. When you first encounter that love relationship with Jesus, knowing that Jesus died for you, and you're like, "What?" my only response is to give you all of my strength. My only response is to give you all of my heart. And I believe everybody starts running the race with a sprint. I mean, I think it's the natural intent of our heart, is that when we encounter Jesus, especially for the first time, and see what he's accomplished for us, and it's like, man, you died on the cross for me. It's like the only heart response is to go full-fledged, a hundred percent. But as we run the race, I think there's things that have cut in on us that make us go, where am I in this race? Sometimes we get off the course and we don't even know we got off the course. You know, the Lord was talking to me a little bit this morning about this because, you know, we all love to hear stories of people winning the race. We all, we don't like to hear stories of someone who didn't finish or someone who didn't make it to the end. But I believe in all of this, we all will reach the end of a course. But it's matter like, what is the course that Jesus has marked out for us? What is the race that we are all called to run and to win? And so I like, I like to think about all of us right now. If we were, you know, imagine what your track looks like. If you could imagine yourself in your holy imagination, yourself as a runner right now, and thinking about what the road looks like, or maybe your, you know, what is this, your surroundings that you're running the race? Are you in a coliseum? Are you maybe on a dirt pipe, you know, path, like running a race, and there's other things all around you? If you could imagine yourself right now, what does it look like? What do you look like as the runner? What, what pace are you at on that? Do you know where you're at? Do you know what milestone that you're near? Do you know where you are? in the race. And I I ask this because this is something I've had to confront in my own self. Because I go, where am I at on this race? What are the things? Am I carrying stuff on this race? Am I weighed down by a weight that is that is hindering me from running? Am I free in my race? Am I am I feeling like I'm at a good pace? I got good speed? Am I gasping for breath? Am I feeling like Every single step I take is taking every bit of strength within me. But the number one question is, what's at the end of your race? Who is at the end of your race? Why are you running? Because I know that where your, our eyes are set is where our feet follow. I've heard that so many times. And, you know, and I've thought about where are my eyes set in this race? Are my eyes set on the one that died for me, that I started out running for him? Or have I encountered things that have cut in on me on the race? And I think I'm over here, but somehow I'm way over there. And and so for me, I'm going, where are we all at on on the race? You know, I um I I, I told this story, I, I might even told it last week, and I'll I'll tell it again just because it, it really did touch me 
so much um, is the the guy that ran. I, I think it was the New York Marathon. I can't remember. I don't, I don't think it was the Boston because I think he got invited to go to the Boston one. But it was the gentleman who um, he was the only survivor of, of, of uh, when he was at, at, in Afghanistan. And, um, and he, he carries a lot of survivor's guilt, which happens quite often. And so he decided to run the race, and he wrote all their names on his, on his hand. And, um, and so he got to where he was almost at the finish line, and his body just completely gave out on him. And what they usually do is they bring people alongside of you to help kind of carry you to the end. And this man said no, because he thought what they went, and, he, and you, if you've heard the interview, he said what they went through was worse than what I'm going through just to end this race. And so this man literally crawled to the end. And while there was people on every side watching him to make sure he didn't collapse. And I thought that man had a goal set before him to endure what he was going to endure to the end. And I thought, if we don't know what we're enduring for, we're not going to know how we're going to make it to the end. But when, like Jesus said, for the goal, the, the joy set before him, the goal set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And you ask, well, what was Jesus' joy? It was you. And in the same way, Jesus is the joy that we set before us to endure to the end. So, but along this race, we do have things, and, and he wants us to... Paul tells us things about how to run the race. And so in Hebrews 12, he actually says, I have kept the faith, I have finished the course, therefore is laid for me a crown of righteousness. When we have run the race, and, and in Hebrews 12, I love it because it says we are surrounded by a crowd of witnesses. And, and I know I use this imagery a lot, but it's one of my favorite imagery because no matter if you, when you see yourself along this course, who do you see yourself surrounded by? Who do you see are the voices who are encouraging you to go? Because there are voices in heaven who know your name. There are people who know your path. And I know that life can feel very mundane. It's like we get up, we eat, we, we work, and we go to bed, and we think, does anybody know my name? But there is a host of heaven who know our name, who are watching our lives, who are watching the course, who see when the things cut in on us, and they go, go the right way. It's worth it to the end. It's worth it to the end. And we have these heavenly hosts, and Jesus is the number one intercessor. And everybody goes, what is Jesus doing right now? In Hebrews, I love in the, in the cool context of learning that there's a race to be run, it says that Jesus is the intercessor who's beside the Father, who is saying, God, my Father, keep them on the course, endure to the end. Just the same words he said to Peter. Peter, I'm going to tell you, the enemy's going to come to sift you like wheat, but I pray that your faith will not fail. And that is what God is saying to all of us, is that he prays that your faith would not fail, that you would hold on to the end, that the first love that has maybe lost in your heart, you would return to it. That he says, you know, I would return to the joy of my salvation because the joy of my salvation is the joy I set before me to endure to the end, to run my race with strength. To go, my life is not just mundane. I have a purpose for which I am running day by day. That every person I encounter is an invitation from the Lord in me running my race and giving strength to them. Showing them what Jesus is like. Showing him his nature and his ways. 
Because in all the on, in, on the race, all the runners run. All the runners run. And each one of us right now is at a different millstone in our life. And in my own life, I have been worn down by pain and suffering, things I didn't understand. And maybe this is a continuation of what I, we talked about last week about being paralyzed. But there's things that, that have come into our life sometimes that have paralyzed us on the race, that have stopped us in our course or have disappointed us. And all of a sudden we go, well, maybe this way is a better way. And Jesus is saying it's never, the path is always the path. The path is always the path. The path never looks different than him being our strength, him being our joy, him being our first love. It never changes. It never changes. Why you started out is the same reason you run now. But every single thing that comes in our life along the way, because I I read this, I was reading this thing about how people train for marathons. And I thought, man, you have to change the way that you live. And I thought as Christians... That's why we have to change the way that we live. I mean, one of the reasons, of course, is that we're being transformed into his likeness and to his image and to the relationship. But if we stay the same way, we won't endure to the end. I mean, if we stay and going, I'll do it my way and I'll do it the way that I want it to do, there's no way we'll endure to the end. And, you know, and it was funny because when I, I'll just tell you what my imagery is, I always see myself with woods on each side of me and I'm on this dirt path. And I see myself sometimes just by myself and me just talking to the Lord. And there's nothing I can see ahead and there's nothing I can see behind other than the scenery. And but there's sometimes these little offshoot ramps. And I'm tempted sometimes to take them because they seem like they will be an easier way for me. And I thought about that because I thought the Lord said, you know, for one, I thought, why don't I trust the Lord with my course? Is it because something has happened and I thought maybe, you know, maybe he just wants me just to decide and he doesn't care. And I think sometimes we think that God, the enemy lies to us and says, you know what? God is, God is really at the beginning of the race with the runners. And at this point, he's kind of like, you do it on your own. You just make the choice. Whatever happens to you, whatever happens, happens. But you know what? Paul shows us that that is not the truth. That if there's anything that Paul shows us, he inspires us that there's those who are gone before us who are on the side. But not only that, is that Jesus is with you step by step, looking at you all the way and going, next step, daughter, next step, son, next step, daughter, next step, son. That Jesus never leaves us at the beginning of the race, but he's with us throughout the whole entire race. To the end, to the end. So we are inspired by those who have gone before us. And I believe that's why we read one of the reasons why we read scripture is because every single person has a really gnarly story. I mean, it's a really intense story. And guess what I love about the scriptures? Not one of them got it right. Sometimes they start out real strong and they messed up in the middle. If Samson tells us anything, he messed it up most of the way. But in the same thing is that God, if it shows us anything, is that God is so in tune with our story that no matter how much we mess up along the way, he is always right there to forgive, always right there to get us back. Even in the story of Samson, God uses him to do the very purpose for which he was created once he turned his heart, that his last breath was fulfilling the promise of God on his life. And that's, if that shows us anything, is that God is so ever-present in the run. 
He's so ever-present in the story. So that's why we look at the, the disciples or we look at people in the scriptures and we learn from them, knowing that they're probably the ones in heaven who are cheering us on. They go, man, that looks just like me. <laughs> I remember when I, I messed up. Yeah, and your faithfulness and your goodness were right there following me and chasing me down, just like David said. You know, at the end of all that he faced with his enemies, his response is, surely your goodness and your mercy have chased me down, are following me all the days of my life. All the days of my life, I see your mercy and I see your goodness in the rays. And I believe if we heard the chant of heaven, it would be mercy and goodness are following you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep running strong. So we, we should look to Bible characters. Maybe, you know, study one of them and go, you know what, God, teach me. What can I learn from this in my own race? What are you showing me about who you are that you want me to learn from those who have gone before you? Number two, with the race, we know that, well, for one, let me say this. We don't give up. We don't lose heart. We don't quit. Do whatever you have to do. And that's why we need each other on the race, because we have to spot one another. And when we get low and go, keep going, keep going. There's the living witnesses in heaven, and but we are the living witnesses to each other on the earth. Number two, be prepared for the struggles that will come. The, the one thing then, Hebrews chapter 12, he, he basically says that struggles will come. So he tells us to throw off everything that hinders. I think it's interesting is that we often, and, and it's, it's normal, I think it's the human heart. We all ask God to take off the thing that hinders us. But you know what? A lot of times it's our choice that he encourages us, you throw it off. You make the choice to take whatever is hindering you and say, no, this cannot be a part of this race anymore, that I'm going to change the story today, that God, with your help and with my yes, everything can change. And so we know that there's going to be hardships. When I was reading this thing about how to prepare for a marathon, it was amazing. They, I thought, oh my gosh, I thought, who, I couldn't do this. They were saying, like, you know, for, especially for more advanced, I mean, how many miles you run a day, you have to change the way that you eat, obviously, and then the way that you rest. And I thought, you know what? There's even something in the rest that we have to press into because it's not just about training. And I think people think when people run a race that it's all about giving the strength. But some of it is actually taking a step and going, I'm just going to rest. And I think that we discourage each other for those moments of rest. But sometimes we need to take a pause and examine everything that's going on in the race. That we need to take a second and go, where is my soul and my spirit? Where am I at right now, Jesus? Where are we at right now, Jesus? Am I still running this race for the same reason I began? Are we still in the same relationship or has something cut in and it's hindering my walk? But does it mean that sometimes when we find out what hinders that it's not hard to throw it off? But God is so there to help us with everything that entangles us, to give him everything. In my life, I've dealt with anger, and sometimes I've had to stop and go, I, I refuse to be angry right now, and have to repent mid-anger, you know, because I went, this anger is not just going to hurt me, it's going to hurt somebody else, and it's going to hinder my race. You know, and it's as simple as sometimes a hard attitude to a thing that is a deeper struggle in all of our lives. But know that every single person, as I was reading this, you have, there, there goes to, from a point from where it is physical to mental. 
And I learned this even from being at Teen Mania is that there was a point that my body no longer wanted to run. And I knew that I had to make a mental choice to, to go. And I think that that's the part where sometimes we really lose faith or lose heart in the journey is that we go, this has been harder than I thought. But this is where this verse has meant so much to me. It says, though my heart and my flesh may fail, he is my strength and my portion forever. Because God isn't asking you to do anything but rely on him for the strength. Remember, it is not by strength nor by power, but by his spirit. And I think that the Lord, it's funny because the Lord talks to me a lot in images. And the Lord showed me an image today. He said, when did you get so concerned about your form? And I thought, and I was like, my form? And he said, when did you get so concerned about how you looked running? And I thought about that, you know, because I, I was watching a movie recently, and this girl, she, she kind of ran, my cousin used to run like this, where your feet kind of like go kind of crazy, like your legs go out instead of back, you know? And I thought, oh, that reminds me of my cousin Stacy, and, you know, and just even our own, we would talk about how, how awkward sometimes because we played softball rounding those bases. Sometimes you were just like your body was going everywhere and you're trying to, you're running so fast. You're like the base is over here and you're like going all the way around to get there, you know? Um, and I thought, you know, and they would teach you to how to run, you know, how to form your body better. And I thought, you know, sometimes what happens in the race too, is that we, we, we really do think that God is so more concerned about how the form is than about who we are. And it's almost like if we are not doing the things every single way perfectly, that God is more concerned about how we're formed and how we look running than we do about reaching to the end and relying on him in the journey. And and so there's going to be struggles, but it isn't about what you look like when you run. It's just important that you run. It doesn't it doesn't matter if it's messy. It doesn't matter if your legs go every such way. But God is more concerned is, do you know why you're running the race? Have you lost hope of why you run? So the last thing and the most important thing that we know, he says, do not grow weary and do not lose heart. How do we not grow weary and how do we not lose heart? We focus our attention on Jesus. And and this is the closing with this. Um, We have to notice that it says in Hebrews 12, it says, let us Fix our eyes. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's not looking for you to perfect the faith. He's just asking you to run. He's just asking you to fix your eyes. To fix your eyes. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So we, when, when he ran the race, he paid the price. A lot of times we're trying to pay the price that he already paid. But that's not what it's like. And that's what religion sometimes does. It says you pay the price and then he might be satisfied. We pay the price by saying, I give you my strength that by your power I can run to the end. And the prize at the end has to be Jesus. If it's, if it's anything else, it will fail. The last imagery the Lord showed me, and this was something that pertains to me more particularly than probably you, just to be honest with you, um, is that the Lord after showed me, where's your form? The Lord asked me, do you know who they're cheering for? And I remembered that and I thought, you know, there's there's sometimes in the race, particularly being as a leader, that sometimes people, 
admire the gifts in you or are thankful for the gifts in you, and then all of a sudden you think the race is about you. But the race is never about us. And I think sometimes when we have burdens or carry things in our life, we can often make the, the, the race about actually about us. And that might sound weird. But I think sometimes it's like, well, how am I going to handle this situation in my life? Or, you know, what is this going to look like? And we get so concerned almost about um, managing the race that instead of just releasing it to him and going, where you lead me, I will follow. Life is as simple as a surrender. Our walk in him is just as simple as a daily surrender. And that's all he wants from us is a daily surrender of what do you want to do in me? How do I keep my heart ablaze for you, Jesus, to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself? How, and that's the number one thing he asks of us. And that's how we run to the, to the end. Every burden I cast upon you because you care for me. You care that I run this to the end. So running the race is as simple as just a daily yes, a daily surrender, a daily fixing our eyes, and that's all he wants. Every single thing else is muddy. It's, it's in the gray. Because he does, if you notice, I'm sure there were so many people, I'm sure his disciples all the time were like, Jesus said, you know, love me with all your heart. But, you know, they might have been, but, but what about this situation? You know, but Jesus, what about this? Just love me with all your heart. You will always find that the God who made you in relationship cares more about relationship than any other process in your life. Because at the end, and when you spend eternity, you will be with the one that you ran the, the race with, that you ran the race for. And that in this life for all of us, every single other thing doesn't matter. Because eternity is Jesus. It will always be Jesus. He will always be the center. He will always be the focus. We will always be giving him the praise. We will always be wanting more of him. That is what heaven is. Heaven is great if we see other people. But it will always be running into the arms of the one who died for me. It will always be running to the end of the one who gave it all. That's why he's worth it all. That's why no matter what has hindered us the race, we go, God, remind me again of your goodness. Remind me again of when you first loved me and I felt it upon my heart. Remind me again of when I first knew you. Return to me to the joy of my salvation because that joy is what will keep me to eternity. To eternity. You are made for eternity. You, This world is but a vapor. It is here today, gone tomorrow. And this is the gift that we give him is our lives today. The rewards that we get in eternity is how we run the race today. Because as he says in, in this, don't you know all the runners get a prize? What's your prize? It has to be Jesus. Because guess what? There is no other prize. And if that disappoints you, then I pray today he awakens you to how wonderful that actually gift is that he gives to us. Because he is everything. He is the fullness of joy. I love my favorite psalm is that, in his presence is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. If you know that he is the God of all pleasure, he's a God of all joy, he will be everything you need. In every other pain or disappointment that has run into the race, let me tell you, he not just only cares, he will remove it and return you to the joy of why you began this race. So in closing today, I always like to give this invitation to all of us, is to say yes today to Jesus. For some of us, that yes means it's very more heavy than others. But 
But we always want to give a response to Jesus. It's about how we run the race. And so today I'm just going to have us close our eyes and, um, and I'm going to pray, but I'm going to have us walk through a little something real quick as we do that. So let's go ahead and, and close, close your eyes. Like I said today, you're running a race, and I want you to bring back up the imagery that I asked you to, to imagine. What do you look like as a runner? Are you even running? Maybe you're walking. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're running a good pace. Maybe some of you have burdens on you that you just can't carry anymore. Today, I want you, this is a, a you and Jesus moment. This isn't a me and you and Jesus moment. But I want you to see what is before you on this race. Why are you running the race? For some of you today, you need to make a recommitment to get back on the course. You need to go, God, you know what? Bitterness, pain, disappointment, situations I didn't know why it happened. They have, they have derailed me from this course, and I need to get back on. I want to see your goodness, and I need the joy of my salvation. And today, if that's you, we're just going to say a simple prayer. And it, and it could be for you a recommitment to Jesus, but it could just be just a re-signing up to going, God, I just I want more. And so today, just pray this in, in your heart with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I want my life to be fully given to you. I ask that every single thing that has hindered me or has cut in on the race, that you would have it. Have any pain, have any disappointment, whatever reason that has taken me off course, I ask that you would have it this morning. I ask that you would return me to the joy of my salvation, that I would hear the Father's voice that is a champion over me again, that you would spark that fire again in my heart that I would run with strength to the end. And for those, all of us today, I, I would say that we are asking God to break in again and to come through with his power. And, and we, we just say to you, Jesus, this morning, we give you our hearts that we want to run the race, that we ask that you would help us to endure to the end, that the race truly isn't given to the swift or to the strong, but to those who endure. Lord, you're the God of all endurance. You're the God of all patience. You're the God of all love, and, and you suffer long with us. So, Father, I thank you for your goodness that, and mercy that are chasing us down on this. Return to all of us the joy of our salvation. Renew all of our hearts to your glory. Lord God, I pray that you would return us to wholehearted love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we do not lose heart. We don't become discouraged. We don't quit. We keep on running the race that's before us. Amen? Amen. Amen. amen.